It's now been 24 days since Governor Bill Lee signed a stay-at-home order here in Tennessee. Yeah, businesses all over the state have closed, and Broadway, which is basically Nashville's Times Square, has been eerily empty for several weeks. The tourists and music lovers that keep our economy going are no longer buying drinks, and so bartenders, restaurant workers, and all of the musicians that Nashville is so famous for have been wrestling with unemployment applications in record numbers. Hicks. Yeah, that somehow trips you up. You've never liked that letter. But over in West Nashville, several miles from the honky-tonks and music venues, there's a non-profit who serves the community who has also had to close their doors. Want, Want to thank you for the pancake. The Nashville Adult Literacy Council has been teaching adults to read here in Nashville since 1982. They help around 700 students a year with a rotating staff of about 500 volunteers. The most recent numbers show that a staggering one in eight English-speaking adults do not read at a functional level here in Nashville. And there's also another 17% of the population who don't speak English very well. If you add those numbers together, that means that almost a quarter of our Nashville neighbours may not have the basic literacy skills they need to navigate things like unemployment and the healthcare system. As you can imagine, these skills are more vital than ever during COVID-19. The NALC closed their doors on March 13th. Since then, they've focused their efforts on making sure that vulnerable students are able to connect with the services they need. This is a very tall order when many of those same students are also living without reliable access to the internet. Last year, I went to visit the Literacy Council, and I spoke with a student there who has wanted to learn how to read ever since he was a kid. by anyone who does not And given the situation that many of his classmates now find themselves in, we thought that now might be a good time to revisit this story. So without further ado, I'm Jacob Lewis. And I'm Cariad Harmon. And you are listening to Neighbors. A show about what connects us. Today's story, The Tree. One man learns to read late in life and gives voice to the poet within. Words. There are words like freedom, sweet and wounded. One. Wounded. One. D E R. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great. There is. My name is Robert. We're at Nashville Adult Literacy Program. And I'm 55. Look at that part first. That's a little like hard. Mm-hmm. To the 4th and 6th grade, I really, yes, went to school and yes, said it in class. My teacher really didn't pay me no attention. But when I got in the 7th grade, my teachers then noticed that I couldn't read. So they did the reading on the test for me, and I gave them the answer. So that's how I ended up making it to high school. But when I graduated, I still couldn't read and write. So that's why I'm here at the, this school right now, trying to get my reading and writing, because it, it always bothered me. Like, like, so it be, that's long, I, 
Sure I learned a long time ago my father couldn't read and write because when uh, we went to the store and uh, he couldn't even sign his own check, I didn't find out that my mom couldn't read until I was an adult. I brought it to the eye doctor here in Nashville, and I was sitting in there, and she was going over the letters. And I noticed that she can see the letters, but she was calling them something else. And so after she got done, the girl that was giving her the test, she said, she need help with her letters. She can see she just need help with her letters. I said, I noticed that. And I never did see my siblings with books. So I guess they had trouble too. When I graduated from school, I already had a job waiting on me. Because... um, the teacher in food service, she made sure that I had a job at this place called Dust Mortgage It was a restaurant just opened up. As soon as I graduated, I went there and started working. After that, I just fell off. I got affected with uh, the HRV virus, and that turned my whole world around. Yeah, I found out on Christmas Eve. I, I already done went and did the test, and... uh I got a phone call on Christmas Eve, and this man took and told me to come down to the health department that he had uh, some news that he had to tell me. I said, look, man, I ain't got no time to come to no health department, so whatever you can tell me, you can tell me on the phone. And so he took and told me my test came back positive. And I said, well, that's a week's Christmas present for me. I really didn't tell calling nobody in my family. The only thing I know about HIV and AIDS, but what you saw on the TV, people wasting away and just die. After that, I just got hooked to crack cocaine. And I tried my best to kill myself with crack cocaine. My sister, Dorothy, came over and she sat down in front of me. She asked me, why is you doing that? You know, because that's, that's not like me. I'm not the kind of person to sit there and do hard drugs. And uh, so I told her. I said, I'm trying to kill myself because I'm HIV positive. You know, when I told her that, she just started crying. I lost everything that I worked for, everything that I loved. I lost it all. It was about 14, 15 years. And I was just tired. See, I couldn't read to find out about uh, HIV. And so I started going to groups at Nashville Cares. And then this lady named Rudy, she was telling us about HIV. And, you know, more and more I learned about it, more and more I know I can live with it. It took a lot off of me because I know that I'm just not going to die like that, you know. So that made me want to live. So I went to treatment, and I got 15 years clean today. I I was doing drugs when I met him, but uh, I met him on a retreat, a church retreat, matter of fact. My mom, my, when I went to visit my mom one day, me and him both, Went with my mom. She was sitting on the side of the bed. And she said, Rob, when you going to get me a grandchild? I said, Mom, you won't get no grandchild from me because 
That's my mate right there. <laughs> she said, I thought it was. <laughs> she said, I thought it was. <laughs> she had, I mean, I bust, she had bust out laughing. I thought so. I wouldn't throw him away for nothing. I ain't seen him uh, put me before him a lot. You know, he he'll take his shirt off his back and give it to me as I need it. And I ain't seen him do it a lot for me. And you know, now I would I couldn't throw him away from that. The tree. I wonder what it would be like to be a tree. I would stand tall and wide. My root will run deep down into the earth my leaf would stretch stretch well when you first come in here she'll give you a test to see why you at my reading levels was down to first grade I think I'm up third now (laughs) and when the sunlight hit them they would glow in the sunlight. Indiana assigns me homework My to write 20 minutes of a night. So I just make up things and write. Like some of the stories in these books is something I have on my mind and it stays there until I put it on the paper. You know, and putting it on paper, it helps my mind release it. They always say it's a uh, Palms of right, whatever they call it, but that's just my homework. Under me, or just sit and read a book. I would be, I would, I would block the sun from you in the fall, my leaves. I checked in with Robert this week to see how he's doing, and you'll be glad to know that he's still studying and writing poetry. Since our interview, he's moved up a grade and is currently reading at a fourth grade level. Lately, he's been studying online, which he really likes, but he is looking forward to getting back to work with his tutors once all this is over. If you'd like to learn more about the Nashville Adult Literacy Council, you can find them online at nashvilleliteracy.org. They are currently unable to accept new volunteers, but they are gladly taking donations. And you can find all the details right on their homepage. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back to check in on our neighbors. Stay with us. All right, welcome back. So before we hear from our neighbors about how they're doing on the reverse complaint line, Uh, We wanted to give you a little update. Um, Carrie Ed has a little news for you. Yes. So um, last week I went running. I was trying to stay sane and connected and healthy. And uh, I was maintaining social distancing and wearing a mask. And somehow I tripped and I managed to not only break my ankle, but Mm. I also (laughs) broke my wrist Mm. as well. And I don't know how I did it. Oh, man. (laughs) It sucks so much because, like, not only did you hurt yourself, but I 
I, I haven't even seen you. Like this just happened and I heard about it and we talked on the phone. And then you had to like go somewhere to get it taken care of. Like what, what was that like? As you can imagine, I was pretty nervous about going to the hospital at the moment. Um, And this was two weeks ago now. Um, But I have to say, the emergency room was very quiet. There were maybe three other people there. um, And I spoke to the doctors and nurses about COVID. um, And they all assured me um, that social distancing is working. And if anything, um, they are quieter than usual. So I felt very safe. I got such great treatment, even though I felt like such a douchebag for taking up their time right now. So uh, I had surgery on my wrist (laughs) a week ago today. And um, it's been pretty painful recovering from that, I have to say. Um, But I am now feeling much better. Luckily, I still have my right hand. And to be honest, the worst thing about it is really my ankle, which is not broken quite as badly as my wrist. But it really is so hard not to be able to just go out for a stroll. Um, I'm really, really stuck inside, mostly in my bed at the moment. And I'm hoping that that will change very soon. Yeah, because like walks are like my saving grace right now. Like, I, uh, I can't imagine. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. And like, what would you say is like getting you through right now? So while obviously it's been a difficult couple of weeks, I've also been focusing a lot on all of the things that I am grateful for right now. Um, One of those things is the amazing uh, doctors and nurses who I have seen, how kind and understanding everybody has been. I am so happy that those essential workers are doing their essential work. And I am so sorry that I took up their time. Um, I also am so grateful for my partner who is really being a total champion right now. Good job, John. Um, He has been waiting on me hand and foot and he is much nicer and more patient than I am. So I'm going to have to think of all kinds of nice things to do for him once I am more mobile. Thank you, Carrie, for sharing all that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in light of this, we wanted to ask you this week, like, what is one thing that is difficult? Because we want to acknowledge, you know, hard things. Uh, But also, what's one thing that you're grateful for? So I will go second here. I think one thing that's been difficult for me is like just consumption in general. Like I want to eat all the food (laughs) and I just have caught myself eating when I am not hungry. And so I think like just self-control kind of in general this week has been difficult for me. And one thing I'm really grateful for right now is I used to write a lot of songs. Um, That was a part of my life, not like professionally or anything, but just like as a hobby. And one thing I've been doing is writing songs and then sharing them with my friend Travis on Marco Polo, just like as a way to keep me accountable and document that uh, for posterity. Um, And also like, I just think he like likes it. And that makes me feel really good. Like, and I think some of them like songs are okay. So. That's really cool. So what we wanted to do now is hear from you, our neighbors, check in with you and hear one thing that's difficult and one thing that you're grateful for. All right, here we go. Hi, Jacob. Um, (laughs) Right now, I'm grateful for um, having access to my parents' Netflix account so that my son could watch Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, I could 
brush my teeth without him asking me to explain something to him. This is Cooper Breeden reporting to neighbors via voice memo to talk about what has been difficult and what I'm thankful for in the times of coronavirus. What's up, neighbors? Hey, Jacob, it's Steve. Hey, neighbors, it's Em. Um, you know, what's been really hard for me is not getting to simply, like, be with my friends, my people. Not being able to see friends and family as much as I'd like. If you know me, you know that proximity is one of my favorite words, and social proximating is like my philosophy on life. So when you've oriented your entire world around being close to everything that you love, it's been strange to feel socially distanced from that which geographically hasn't changed. You know, my dad always says that, you know, now that my sister and I are out of the house, and we have been for a while, he misses the pitter-patter of our feet upstairs and our loud singing in the kitchen. I guess really my loud singing in the kitchen. (laughs) And I really get how he feels because... Loving at a distance is hard. Motivation has got to be the most difficult thing right now for me. Outside of work or projects or anything, just replying a text message from a friend can take days. And the act of going to bed or getting out of bed are both terrible to just think about. <sighs> um, It's really hard to not have time and space for my big feelings because it turns out i have a lot of really big feelings so one thing that has been difficult for me um is that i've been furloughed from my job i'm with my son all the time pretty much oh and you probably need to marry it now i'm hiding in the bathroom to do this I get really edgy if I don't have a place to put my big feelings because I'm normalizing for him all day long. Even though we talk about how crazy the world is right now and how the libraries aren't going to be open for a while. and I'll be right there, Bubba. But there are good things, too. I'm quarantined with my girlfriend. And that's provided an amazing sense of stability, comfort, normalcy. And I want to at least pretend to do human things when she's around, like cook or clean. I've gotten to spend a little bit more time on my side hustle making cupcakes. It's springtime, hallelujah. I am so thankful that the trees and the grass and the flowers are coming to life. The simplicity of it, basically being told that I can't go anywhere, I can't do anything, I can't aspire for something, I can't, like, this is not the time to, like, grow my career. Um, all these things, like, it's it's so refreshing to just surrender it. Should I stop rushing? I'm supposed to rush for two minutes, aren't I? So I tell my son. Thank you for giving me this space in the bathroom to tell you how I'm feeling. If you want to call in and share how you're doing, please do. You can record a voice memo on your phone and email it to neighborspodcast at gmail.com. If that is a little like technologically beyond you, you can just call 615-601-1411. They're just not as 
great of a like quality. That's the deal. But uh, it'll it'll get the job done. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter because sometimes we post a specific question like we did this week. And we're just going to go again with the same one that we just did. So tell us one thing that's difficult and one thing that you're grateful for because I liked it. We'd like to give a special thank you to one of our new patrons, Laurel Dean. Thank you, Laurel, for joining the ranks of our thoughtful and generous patrons. Our community, which we call the neighborhood, like, it's the best. Like, we're so incredibly grateful for you. Like, we've been able to hire a social media manager because of the money you've given. So, like, thank you. Yes, if you want to join the likes of the wonderful Laurel Dean, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash neighbors. You'll get an ad-free version of the show and access to a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff as well. And you'll support making the show. Our Sonic logo is from Dallas Taylor and DeFacto Sound. I highly recommend you check out his podcast about sound, famous sounds, the story behind sounds. It's called 20,000 Hertz. Neighbors is hosted and produced by me. And me. Music is from the Blue Dot Sessions. This song is by Dan Burns. I'm Jacob Lewis. And I'm Carrie Ed Harmon. And we're reminding you to get, get to, to know, know your, your neighbors. neighbors. Oh, oh. It's a good jam, Dan. 